Can you confirm if the power will indeed be restored to all the affected areas in Pretoria by today? And, and what time frames are we looking at? So we've taken two measures after the collapse of seven pylons, which we've indicated knocked out about 300 megawatts of electricity. The first was to backfeed as much of the affected area as possible, and that simply means rerouting electricity from other sources. Initially, we were able to reconnect within a few hours 40% of the affected area. Uh, unfortunately, there were large parts who couldn't be reconnected by backfeeding because of technical reasons. But we kept uh, pushing, and some innovations um, have been devised. And so yesterday, the areas that have been off since Sunday evening without relief, including most parts of Mamalodi, Yesteris, Watlu Industrial, which is obviously very important for the city's economy, and a few other areas were reconnected by backfeeding. So... Many parts of the city or most parts of, of the city who have been affected by the outages have been reconnected. But Elvis, I want to stress that this is a temporary measure and backfeeding uh, can be unstable because there's a risk of overload. Of course, the second step, the most important one, is to reconnect those lines that were severed. And there we are working with ESCOM, who has been an exceptional help to the city. We are replacing the pylons with monopoles, which are less vulnerable to criminal attack and vandalism. As for a timeline when electricity will be completely stabilized, I personally want to follow a very cautious approach and promise less uh, and rather over-deliver on those timelines. So as we speak, most of the affected area has been reconnected, but I want to say it is a temporary measure until we can get the 132 kV line restored. Have you been able to ascertain, though, through your investigations, if this was indeed an act of sabotage or vandalism? The initial report that I got when I visited the site on Monday morning was that three of the seven pylons clearly showed signs of, uh, let's call it interference, be it vandalism or outright sabotage. It is very uncommon for seven pylons in a row to collapse. Obviously, there was uh, a, a domino effect as one or two uh, sort of, you know, carried the momentum and, and the, the lines also hit trucks on the highway, as you know. But this is a very unusual occurrence anywhere in the country. And so there are very strong suspicions of criminal activity here. But I've also said that I would like to see the maintenance schedules on those pylons. Uh, so that we know what condition they were in when they collapsed. Uh, we've asked the South African police to investigate because, Elvis, quite frankly, the Tswani Metro Police does not have the crime intelligence uh, capacity to get to the bottom of this by ourselves. But the city manager is under instruction to cooperate with the South African police so that we can find out what exactly happened here. On another note, uh, the multi-party coalition could not unseat the speaker to stop speaking. He survived another motion of no confidence leveled against him. Thoughts? He did not survive a motion of no confidence. In fact, he disallowed his own motion of no confidence. It's a basic rule of natural justice then one, that one mustn't be a judge in one's own case. It is very common in our, in our law for any person who is in a seat of a presiding officer who faces a motion of no confidence to vacate that seat. And the Speaker refused to do so and then disallowed the motion 
of no confidence in himself. Had he not done so, the majority of councillors would have removed him. So uh, we obviously have a, a difficulty in that regard, but I think that the principle must apply that the majority of council must govern, and if the majority is prevented from doing so, uh, the multi-party coalition will continue to go to court, uh, and I believe on appeal the conduct of the Speaker has strengthened our case.